Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to everybody's favorite movie-based podcast. This is An Evening at the Movies. I am your eternally grateful host, KCB, and this is everybody's favorite movie-based podcast where we eat stale popcorn and drink watered-down soda and discuss all of our favorite movies and why we love them. Ooh, water with a splash of Pepsi. Yeah, and, water um, with a freaking hint of Pepsi for coloring. and A month-old bag you, of Bone Chicka Pop for you, Harvey. Oh, I got blast of butter mm-hmm. that was popped literally last night before we recorded the Masturbator 200th episode. So watered-down soda has been drank. Stale popcorn is in my mouth. I'm going to wash it down with some rosé. I'm going to walk it down with water down fucking soda. I mean, to be fair, uh, Skinny Pop and Boom Chicka Pop basically come already stale in the bag, but this is also a month old. So there you go, Harvey. Oh, yeah, that's almost chewy. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) If you're watching us on video, you'll see our expressions. All right. Enough of that. Yes, stale popcorn and watered down sodas are definitely an experience that if you don't prefer it, I don't recommend you do it. But with all that said, um, technically, thank you, Harvey, for holding our feet to the fire. We've talked about it for over two years now. So at least now there's one episode out there where we can say we officially have eaten stale popcorn and drank watered down soda. But can I just say that? I, I took, I'm taking one for the team because I did not come up with that catchphrase. I did not put my stamp of approval on that catchphrase. And yet somehow I'm getting sucked into this stale popcorn, watered down soda bullshit. So. You love the that's okay. movie while you did it. Well, yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who couldn't tell from the witty banter in the background, and the fact that we're two years into this and she's pretty much been on 93.7% of every episode. Um, we are joined today by everybody's favorite co-host, Queenie herself. Welcome back, Amanda. Thank you. Welcome back. An evening at the movies. I mean, I know we already have an episode, but One. I think we're still in the welcome it's back still- stage that I can still say it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still... I made, when I was writing out my notes, I made, I wanted to make reference to the fact again, and it's probably not the only time you'll hear me say it in this episode, but um, before we get going, I want to say that it's been so far along 
six weeks of recovery and all of that, plus everything with my dad passing away and everything that I've been through in the last six weeks. And the fact that we're, what, two episodes now into An Evening at the Movies Return. But I did want to say, again, for probably the 150th time, thank you guys for being patient and sticking with us and coming back. Um, The numbers that we did while I was in the hospital are still flooring me because we've got like three episodes that have either cracked the top 10 for most listens or are almost cracking the top 10. So that tells me that you guys haven't forgotten about the show. You guys have been missing the show and you're excited to have us back. And we are excited to be back for you. Especially. I should also tell you that. Sorry. It should also tell you that people love boats and hoes and you guys should stop shitting all over that movie. Cause that's one of our highly listened to, or it could just be because me and Shannon and how fucking cool we are. But either way, um, you need to have us on together more often. <laughs> well, I mean, ideally, I'm almost done with oh yeah, um, how to sell a fucking haunted house, which we've been planning <laughs> the debut of Literature Reapers for fuck since the beginning of February. And the plan was, was before I got hurt was to record the first episode and I was just about ready and then went into the hospital and then didn't even want to pick up a damn book for the better part of a month. So I had to go back in time to refresh my memory, but I am getting close to being done with that book. So (laughs) literature reapers should be coming probably within the next week or two. Yeah. I've read like three books since then. Well, I'm, I, I know. Probably I know. two out of the three that you've read are probably the first book and the second book on the schedule for Literature Reapers. Yes. And then I've read a couple others and just started a new one since we haven't. Obviously, we didn't pick a book for March and we're into April. So I'm just checking off stuff on my TBR. My goal is to read 25 books this year. So I am ahead of schedule right now. Yeah, I think I read 42 last year, and I set, my, I set my goal for the same number this year. There's no way in hell I'm hitting that after, because I haven't mathematically figured out exactly what I have to read month to month to make that. And the fact that we're almost into May, and I am sitting on two books right now. But honestly, with audiobooks, you can make it happen, especially when you go back to work. Because that was always my problem is at work, I couldn't listen to podcasts and audiobooks because I couldn't pay attention. And now I'm not working, but I I feel like weird just sitting around listening to an audiobook. But when I sit down and try to read, I always get interrupted. Anyway, I know. I feel like audiobooks help, help accelerate the pace a lot more when you have time to listen to them. Well, and two, you need to be able, if you do listen to audiobooks, finding an author like, say, James Patterson, that their books move really fast from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And you can literally sit and listen to one in like a quarter of a day. But you also have to be able to pay attention. So, Yeah, because that's one of those sucky parts when you stop and realize, oh shit, I'm 75% of the way into the book and I haven't been paying attention and I have no idea what's going on. So then you have to rewind back to where you do remember and 
it's a big pain in the ass. But my question books aside, is, oh, sorry. Yes. Just last thing. No, go ahead. Damn it. I'm sorry. It's, it's well, and it's after school time, which was the problem I had the other day when I was recording with somebody. So I'm trying to keep it on mute because, yeah. Anyway, um, should I count? Because right now I shit, go back. I have read one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven books this year. But two of them I've no twelve, but two of them I've already read before. So do they still count? I think they count. Okay. So last year when I hit forty-two, um I read the first five well, reread the first five Harry Potter books again because I knew that they would be fast reads. Right. And I knew I could probably pick them up and put them down in like two days. And when I knew I was getting close to running out of time, I figured, okay. I can do almost all of that series and pick up several books. True. Um, we reread The Shining last year. Yeah. So. Which I'm about due for again. Well, I mean. It's like ideally, a quarterly read for me. <laughs> well, and ideally, I think I had an idea in my head that I wanted to talk to you and Shanna about. Okay. But. Um, but yeah, sorry. We could move why, on. <laughs> why not like this October do. The Shining on Literature Reapers. You don't have to ask me twice. And that's the thing is I've read The Shining so many times that it is a fast read for me. And like mm -hmm. I, you know, reread A Time to Kill because we made that one of the books. And then I reread Daisy Jones and the Six before the show. And that was a quick read a second time. So anyway. At the end of the day, it's all a matter of just being able to sit down and listen or put your face in a book and just go and get it done. Well, I've got one more month on my Kindle Unlimited uh, free trial, so I'm trying to make the most of it. Right. So anyway. Free, free is the bet. I believe the phrase you're looking for is anyway. anyway. So anyway, we are here for a special release day episode of An Evening at the Movies because... This episode will be dropping, as you all know, because you're listening to it on said day. But it is April 16th, 16th, 2023, which is Sunday, which is not usually our new episode day. Our new episode days, as you all remember, are Wednesdays, which hopefully we will be getting back to, if not this coming week, the week after. But... We are here to celebrate the birthday of iconic, legendary um, Tejano music icon, Miss Selena. You want to pronounce the last name for me? Because I will probably screw it up. Queenie. Okay. I'm sorry, I uh, lost audio for a second, so um, I did not hear most of what you just said after April 16th, Sunday. Tejano, music icon, Selena, Selena Day. and I will let you pronounce the last name because I'll probably screw it up. <laughs> Selena Quintanilla Perez. I can't roll my R's. 
Quintanilla. I could have just gone with Perez because technically, legally, that was her last name. I and I wouldn't have been wrong. Um, yeah, in 1995, George W. Bush, when he was governor, declared that day Selena Day um, because it's her birthday. So as it should be. Yes. So theoretically, on paper, initially, this episode was thought about and discussed to release on March 31st, which um, for those of you who don't know, is also the day that we were scheduled to release um, a revisit on The Crow because not only did Brandon Lee get murdered on March 31st, 1993, but Selena was murdered on March 31st, 1995. Yep. Correct? Yes. I knew it was either 94 or 95. I couldn't remember exactly what yeah. the year was, but... It was 95. So, um, Amanda's idea, and I heartily agreed with it, was why do we want to celebrate a sorrowful moment in her life? Why not celebrate something beautiful? which would be her birth. And I agreed. So we will be discussing the 1997, yes, Jennifer Lopez starred in biopic Selena. With all that said, before I turn the microphone over to my co-host, because I'm sure she, whether she's prepped it or not, with the amount of time she's seen this movie, she could probably do 90 second beat the clock in with both hands tied behind her back and her eyes closed and with Dre talking shit in her ear the whole time. Yeah. I have seen this movie, I safely saying no less than 40 times. And that's safe. It's probably actually way more than that. Well, and we're going to get into it too. So as we get further into this episode, but um, no, I'll save all of that for when we get to it in the episode. Um, I'll turn the microphone over to Amanda here in just a second, but Selena released on March 21st, 1997. It was directed by Gregory Nava. It was released by Warner brothers studios, <clears throat> which I guess technically after the announcement today, being Wednesday, is no longer Warner Brothers since Warner and HBO have merged. No. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, um, I just saw that earlier. I was like, what? Yes, no more HBO Max. It's only just Max. But um, you can't take away Warner Brothers, that amazing Warner Brothers, like Looney Tunes logo and like all that stuff. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, I, but anyway. I think that's probably the same thing with like the mouse buying up 98% of Hollywood. Yeah. It, technically will all fall under the mouse headline because you're not going to get rid of that iconic mouse ear logo, blah, 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 or the Cinderella palace in the background with the Sorry. That. One of my favorite sounds of the whole world. Actually, um, one of my favorite sounds in the whole entire world is the new opening that I came up with for an evening at the movies, which I'm debuting at the beginning of the 
this episode. So um, you and I can discuss that after we're done recording off air. But everybody's already heard it because. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I came up with a new idea. I'm stealing a bit of a soundbite to use for the opening for the show. Is and it something I think, about Charles Manson being a good dude? <laughs> no, it, it, it honestly should be. And the fact that we're, what, three or four months after Dre made that statement now, and he still hasn't lived it down. Okay, disclaimer. Nobody thinks that. If you don't know the joke, it was from an episode of uh, Masturbator's Brackets featuring me and Kendra. Um it's really funny if you go listen to the episode, but we are not promoting any type of Charles Manson positivity. So just no. put that disclaimer in here so we don't get you know charged with a hate crime or something. Yeah, no, it <laughs> definitely is not a nobody affiliated with um, an evening at the movies. The Sip List, Men are the Prize, Love is Black, Crushgasm, Masturbators, basically the entire I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network support or condone anything that Charles Manson did or did, well, obviously did do or encouraged his followers to do. So at the end of the day, we accept the fact that Charles Manson is not a good dude, but at the same time, we will not stop pitching J- pitching Dre crap for the fact that he made that statement on Masturbators live for the whole entire world to hear. Long story short, he yeah. confused Charles Manson with Marilyn Manson. Let your mind run wild with that. <laughs> yeah, that's really all both, it needs to be said. But if you go listen to it, it's funnier. <laughs> both of those entities are totally <laughs> fucked up anyway to begin with. Uh, wow. I mean, I miss so anyway. the fact that when we record, you and I go off on tangents because literally I was just announcing that Warner Brothers released Selena and look at the fucking rabbit. <laughs> Charles Manson. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how we went from the Warner Brothers HBO merger. <laughs> To all the way down the fucking road to Charles Manson being a good dude and pitching Dre shit over Charles Manson being. But any excuse to bring that up, honestly, on my part, any excuse to bring it up. Sorry, Dre. Exactly. So love you, Dre. (laughs) Love you, Dre. But Charles Manson is not a good dude. And because of that, the next time that we record a draft with you, you will make these rankings. It was kind of fine, well, not though. really, because that's not no. anyway. the name of the network, but it is what it is. And at the end of the day, it's always fun when we pitch each other shit. So um, Selena had a budget of $20 million. It made a box office of $35.7 million, which is weird because I actually thought its box office would have been a smidget higher. But it had an average estimated audience of with... Um, ticket prices for movies being four dollars and fifty nine cents on average in wow. nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, I barely remember that. I think this is about the time that movie ticket prices started literally blowing up because it wasn't much before this where the average ticket price was like two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, because so it was like literally like right after THX came out. THX was like what ninety four, ninety five, and so I think. I just yeah, remember Robin Hood was the first movie I saw on THX, and I remember that tickets started getting more expensive after that. Yeah, unfortunately, people had to start paying for all of the CGI work that started going into movies, whether it was yeah. Robin Hood, Star Wars, 
Clippers. Star Wars again. I mean, I'm Star Wars released probably, bef- well, including the prequels. You had the THX version that released. You had the special editions that came out in the, all in the 90s. And then the prequels started coming out late 90s. Yeah. So truth be told, you got the original trilogy plus the start of the new trilogy all within probably a five or six year window. Yeah. Which is a lot. And damn it, George Lucas has to be paid. So at $4 and 59 cents, approximately one point or 163.8 million people saw Selena in the movie theater. And the part that's going to make Amanda crap her pants right now on air, the Rotten Tomatoes score for Selena. Would you like to take a guess before I reveal it? I mean, if I know Rotten Tomatoes, and I think I fucking do, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's in the 50s. I would say that's probably a little bit low. Okay. Not much low, but it was a little bit low. Okay, in the 60s. Is that 67? Yes. Yes. 67% score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, and is that the tomato meter or the audience score? That's the tomato meter. Yeah, they're fucking stupid. Which is why, and I'm going to remind everybody right now, that in the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network, what do we say, Queenie? Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And Harvey, I just want you to know that I'm down to my last swig of watered-down soda, and I will not be drinking watered-down soda ever again. People who work there probably smell like rancid tomatoes. (laughs) I mean, I say rancid tomato, I literally feel (laughs) like somebody that works at Rotten Tomatoes comes home from work, and their clothes reek of, like, stale ketchup. Yeah. No Every time you give a movie a good score, they douse you in ketchup. So they've started giving everything shitty scores so they don't have to smell bad. Right. Whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I I can see why it, I fully don't agree with it, but I can see why because you know, I guess let's just talk about the the elephant in the room. Most of the people that are probably criticizing it don't speak Spanish, don't listen to Tejano music, didn't know who Selena was mm-hmm. until after she was dead. I am one of those people. I I heard Dreaming of You and I Could Fall in Love after she had already died. I remember seeing her death being broken on MTV, and I was like, who is she? So mm-hmm. I think that considering there probably there hadn't been a lot of movies that were specifically focused on Mexicans and Mexican culture and Mexican music, you know, I still think it doesn't matter. I, I don't, I can't sing hardly any of those songs in Spanish, only parts of them. And I don't know all the words to all of them, but the way Selena sang, you can, you can feel the emotions without understanding what she's saying, honestly. So I'm going to put a pin in that discussion. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a question coming up in our discussion segment where we will be talking about that very subject. So I'm going to politely ask my amazing co-host, are you ready to beat the clock? I am. 
I have got my beady beady bump bomb shirt on. I am <laughs> well, I am ready to talk about standard, tiny I, pretty little bubbles. <laughs> I again have on the oh fuck, I can't. Love it. Fucking damn backwards camera. I can't figure out which way I have to. It looks I have straight. I mean, my, yeah, it looks fine. My an evening at the movies t-shirt on because always supporting the show. Okay, well today's about Selena, so so today Anything is about Selena. <laughs> that I swear to God, every time I hear that, it get it gets to the that part of the movie even before the freaking <laughs> car rolls up. It's like Anything for Selena's. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it did. Because even her brother makes reference to it yeah. after Abraham comes and gets them and rescues them after the failed tow. He's like, oh, yeah. No, they didn't want to, don't want us to pay for the bumper. Nothing. They, anything for Selena's. And he sure says, yeah. They have they had to throw the S in there too at the end. So it's it. like I don't either, but I mean at the end of the day, if it's accurate to the story, then it's accurate to the story. So I don't know about that part. I don't I don't know if that part actually happened. There are several parts in the movie that I know they happened or they didn't happen or they're different from real life because I've researched mm -hmm. it a lot, but that one I actually don't know. So if anybody's listening and you're on YouTube or wherever you're seeing this, you can leave it in the comments or I'll research it later. All right. So are you ready? I am ready. Uh, on your mark, get set, go. In this biopic, Selena Quintanilla is born into a musical Mexican-American family in Texas. Her father realizes that his young daughter is talented and begins performing with her at small venues. She finds success and falls for her guitarist, Chris, who draws the ire of her father. Seeking mainstream stardom, Selena begins recording an English-language album, which tragically she would not be alive to complete. That's a spoiler-free. Although, do we really need that? No. Everybody knows who killed Selena. Even if you have not... Everybody knows the name of the person that killed Selena. I, I would challenge to find one person that doesn't. I don't At least know a lot of Selena history, but even I know the fact that psychotic fucking embezzlement bitch Yolanda Saldivar is the one that fucking shot Selena. Yeah. So fuck her. Yeah. Right in the goat ass. Yeah, for real. With no lube and a barbed wire wrapped dildo. They shouldn't have put her in solitary confinement. They should have just let the people have their way with her. Right. And I'm betting a lot of the whole solitary confinement is due in large part to, I don't know, again, how accurate it was. It's for but, her safety. Oh, I'm sure it probably was in part for her safety. But you look at, like, the whole montage at the end of the movie where they interrupt her performance and cut to the news footage of outside of the hotel and loading her into the ambulance and blah, 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 blah. And then the news coverage that Yolanda is locked in her truck with the gun that killed fucking Selena threatening to kill herself. If anybody comes close to the van and she's on the phone talking to whoever 
And she's like, I want to see my mom. Like, mm. you fucking did what you did. Yeah. Pay for your fucking crime, bitch. If she wasn't in solitary confinement, she'd be dead already. There, There's no way general population is going to, somebody would have killed her already. Because that's no. how hated she is. So, so I'm I mean, saying, feed her to the wolves. Well, yeah. Um, you and I can discuss this topic off. I live in Texas. You don't deserve my to... fucking tax money. Okay. Well, if you're going to go down that road, <laughs> then I will too. I mean, that's one of my biggest fucking pet peeves is the fact that I get the whole idea of, oh, well, you can be wrongfully prosecuted and wrongfully found guilty of crimes that you didn't commit, blah, 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 blah. I get that. But there's also people that have literally been found guilty with irrefutable evidence that have negotiated for life in prison because they, quote, unquote, have information. Not naming any names, Gary Ridgway. <laughs> who literally is like one of the most prolific serial killers in the whole entire country. But because he supposedly knows the locations of other bodies and isn't willing to give it all up at one point at the point of prosecution, use that information to negotiate himself life in prison, no death penalty. And now because of the governor that Washington state has, there is no death penalty in Washington state now. So Gary Ridgway cannot be put to death. Fuck you, Jay Inslee. Fuck you fucking Gary Ridgway. Yeah. I hate that bastard. And well, my tax dollars are fucking paying for him to live probably a better life than most people in this state are fucking living anyway. So I mean, he at least eats that. three times a day. Um, well, Yolanda will be eligible for parole in March of 2025, so we will see what happens. It are you fucking kidding me? No, how she wasn't, because I don't think she was convicted of first-degree murder. Probably I, not. I'd have to double-check it, but she should have been. She bought the gun, returned the gun, and then went back and bought the gun again. She definitely mm -hmm. planned to either kill Selena or someone in that family. My money was on Abraham, I, and then maybe she... I, I was going to say, I don't think initially it was Selena. Yeah. It's psychotic, and I haven't finished the whole last episode of the Netflix series yet, but I'm like halfway done with it. And the amount of times that she literally spent leaving messages for Selena mm -hmm. in that last episode, Yolanda loved her. Yolanda was obsessed. She was very obsessed. I don't think... The messages, the shrine, all of that stuff is true. I think, honest to God, if Selena had not been the one that showed up at the hotel that night to, um, I believe the story goes, collect the financial records that they were trying to collect, because of the embezzlement and all the everything that Yolanda was doing to the fan club and her fashion industry and all of that stuff. I Whoever it had been that had showed up, I think they would have been the one that had, for lack of a better cold term, eaten a bullet. Unfortunately, well, it was her that showed up that night. Well, so the, the real story... Whatever. 
is that Selena took Yolanda to the hospital that morning because she claimed she was raped. She wasn't. So then I did not know. Yeah. So then Selena took her back to the hotel where she was, where Yolanda was staying. And that's when, and she was like, cause that was all she needed from her was this last bit of financial records. And then she could be done with her. And so of course, nobody knows what the exact conversation was, but from mm -hmm. what she told Chris and what happened at the hospital, that's why she was there. And so, you know, I'm guess I'm guessing she said, Yolanda, you're out of my life. And you know, the, if she can't, if I can't have her, no one can mentality. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I mean, supposedly from what I read online, literally her last words were naming Yolanda yeah. as her killer. Yeah. So, so thank anyway. God she at least held on long enough to be able to do that. Yes. So. And if, if anybody hasn't seen the Selena Netflix series, it's, it's really good. It's a lot more detailed. Um, you know, there's just, I mean, as a, a two season series, obviously you're going to get a lot more history and backstory into everything. So I highly recommend it, but we're here well, to talk I mean, about the movie. At, I was going to say, you're looking at 18 episodes that are about 40 minutes each. Yeah. So compared to what, just over two hours for yeah. the movie. So. And that was one thing in the movie that I wish they would have done. And I don't know when, if we want to talk about this now or not is, I I feel like they went easy on Yolanda. I feel like mm -hmm. and I, I get that there's time constraints. Um and maybe because I don't I don't think she had been convicted yet when this movie came out. Or maybe I, I don't know. They started this well, movie like right after she died. Um say, you look at the fact literally her birthday, okay. Here, let me pull the information back up again so I have it in front of me. This movie released on March 21st, 1997. So almost two She years. was shot and killed March 31st, 1995. This is not even two years after. This is, what, 10 days short of two years? Yeah. Since she was murdered. So, plus you also have to factor in at the same time that... Um, you've got to write a script, you've got to film the movie, you've got to do post-production and everything that comes with all of that. And then finally release the movie to have a movie done and ready to go in less than two years like this. I would bet, and I don't know the whole story. I'm just speculating, but I think the idea behind the this movie was to celebrate the rise of Selena as being yeah this groundbreaking, amazing artist, musical artist. Absolutely. And unfortunately, what happened at the end of her story, being the Yolanda portion of the story, was literally unfolding as shit was finishing up. So they kind of sort of probably pieced together well, portion of the because that portion of the movie is not that long at all. It's what like yeah. twenty minutes. I just pulled it up, and she was convicted in October of ninety five. So it was a pretty quick. But obvious, I mean, maybe you know, it's fair to say that what you said, and maybe they just didn't want to give her that much screen time or attention. But I feel like showing her level of obsession with Selena a little bit more. 
Yeah. I don't know. I guess it wouldn't have really added to the movie other than added to the drama. So I, I respect the movie they made. I think it's great. And it de definitely celebrates Selena. And so, yeah, maybe they just didn't want her to have that much tension, which, you know, I guess I, mean, I can I can support that. I can get behind that. So it's all about celebrating Selena's. Yes. So well. I guess maybe first we should talk about Jennifer Lopez. Um, you know, I, they did a, you know, a nationwide search, you know, casting call for Selena. Um, and Jennifer Lopez, I think this was her first movie. I know she had been on, you know, in living color, right? Yeah. yeah she, was, she was a fly girl. Um, she was predominantly a dancer, you know, and then when she did a little bit in the movie. Yeah. I mean, didn't have um, to do well, but I mean, I think that especially as a, a young actress with your first role being almost impossible shoes to fill, I think she did an incredible job. Um, a lot yeah. of people didn't like it because she's not Mexican and they thought, why couldn't we have found a Mexican actress? Um she's Puerto Rican for people that don't I know, hate that. but I hate, hate, hate that argument because now you're playing the whole, oh, well, evidently Hollywood can't tell the difference between Puerto Ricos and Mexicans, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans, which I get there is definitely a difference between the two. We're not saying that there's not, but I mean, at the end I mean, of the day, it's yeah. not, I mean, it's about the performance for me. Right. And I've said it before and I will say it again till I'm blue in the face because the same question has come up numerous times in the whole post Daniel Craig, James Bond era mm -hmm. with potential replacements for Daniel Craig, possibly being Idris Elba, blah, 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 blah. Oh, James Bond is not black. You know what? Oh, fuck you. No, <laughs> it's literally not about race. It's about the damn performance. If they right. cast Idris Elba in that role and he fucking nails it. Which he would, but I don't think he would. He's a phenomenal actor. And oh, sexy as fuck. But at the end of the day, sorry. <laughs> it's not about the fact that whether James Bond was black or white. Or well, but he could be freaking Mexican for all I care. And if they do it right, hats off to whoever they cast. I agree, but this is different because being Mexican-American was a huge part of who Selena was as a performer and a person. Well, so I, mean, I they think did, they did bring it up early in the movie with um, Abraham and her sitting down and having that discussion about, well, I don't even like music in Spanish. Yeah. Music in Spanish and blah, blah, blah. I blah, like blah. Janet Jackson. I like Donna Summer. I like <laughs> Donna Summer. whatever. And it's like, Okay, I get that. I mean, if she technically wasn't ever, I mean, if she was born in America, I don't necessarily classify her as Mexican. I classify her as Latin American. Right. But I think and, because it was such an important part of her life, that's probably why people were. Well, and it probably was. And her parents probably at some point lived south of the border. So it was probably a huge part of how they wanted to raise their kids being Selena and um, AB and Suzette. 
Suzette, yeah, I I knew it was one of those freaking weird, <laughs> but. But I think, and the other part of it too is that, you know, it's like women weren't successful in Tejano music, you know, except for Gloria Estefan, who was Puerto Rican. Yeah, I was going to say she's not Mexican either. So I, I, you know, it's not for us to say, I guess, because we're not from that heritage, but I think that, you know, Jennifer Lopez is still, you know, she's Latin American. I realize they're not all the same country. Like I totally get people's objections, but it wasn't like they cast a white girl to play her. So I think, you know, Jennifer Lopez did an amazing job. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, her family signed off on it. And that's really all that matters to me is that yeah. her family approved it. Um, well, I mean, and at the end of the day too, her dad was probably one of the biggest, non-Yolanda dicks in the whole entire story and if he's happy with it then okay At well the end of the day, selena was his cash cow and i'm not saying that they oh, didn't gone. love her you know nothing i'm not saying anything about that but i Which mean the fact that they started a movie about her like three months after she died is like and that they continue yeah. to capitalize off selena is kind of it's off-putting to me, but I guess I can't complain because, like, we get the Netflix series and, like, all this stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. I get that they want to celebrate her, but also at some point it's like, you know, just let her memory rest. Like, let her be, you know. So, with that said, that actually technically brings me to my first discussion question. Okay. How much of an effect do you think that Abraham's obsession helped or hindered the success of well i mean ultimately his daughter but technically all three children were a part of the band mm -hmm. so i'll classify it as how much do you of an effect do you think abraham's obsession helped or hindered the success of his children i mean you know one of the thoughts that i kind of had earlier was like okay if he had just let his kids be kids Selena probably would be alive today, you know, working and raising kids and doing whatever. But at the same time, even though she wasn't with us for a long time, her talent was so special and her dad recognized that in her. And from all accounts, they weren't forced. Like they, they were forced in the beginning, but they all enjoyed it. They all, you know, so... I think his perseverance definitely helped her become the success she was, but I'm sure it took, you know, a big toll. I mean, you know, yeah. gra graduating, like getting your GED, not going to prom, not having normal, you know, of course she's going to fall in love with the first guy that looks her way. You know, she's grown up around musicians her whole life. She's never been around people her own age. And, and that was kind of funny to me. It's like, Abraham, what did you expect to happen? Like, <laughs> Well, Those I mean, tour buses was, are like band camp, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like this one time at band camp, yeah. going up and down the road around Texas. Um, I fell in love with my guitar player, and we ran away and got married and lived happily ever after until my psychotic fan club president killed me. Yeah. But, there, um, well, go ahead. Oh, say so there there are a lot of things in the movie that don't match up time wise as far as her relationship with Chris, but um like there's certain part like like the whole Mexico concert thing. They were they were already married then. They were secretly married. 
Um, And just stuff like that. But, you know, I think it's easy to say he probably, Abraham probably went too far, you know, but, and he definitely projected his own failures and aspirations onto his kids. But it also gave the world an incredible talent and incredible voice and who could have known that that would have happened. So I'm sure he blames himself enough for anybody else that could blame him. You know, it, the only yeah. person responsible is Yolanda and it just sucks because, and I don't know if this is your next or one of the questions, but oh no, that, that, I, I think we'd, I think Selena would still be, around today i think she would still be popular i think she would still be you know maybe even like you know producing or acting or all of the things that everybody's done she could have had her hand in everything well i mean okay so just the fact alone that look at the impact in such a short period of time that she had on music yeah so that right there if she had a normal amount of years ahead of her before, you know, well, I mean, theoretically she could still be alive today because we're releasing this on what her 50 second birthday. Yeah. So, I mean, technically she'd still be young. very young, still could be amazingly performing at a high level. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even account for, okay, how much success could she have had in the fashion industry? Could she right. at some point have bridged the gap into producing music, producing movies, producing t- television? Right. Well, I mean, literally, she, the way I see the story is she was so talented and gifted that she could have done anything that she wanted to do. If, she wanted to tour and be on the road till she was 30 and then hang it up and her and Chris buy a farm, have animals, make babies, whatever. That's fine. And I think she could have been incredibly successful at doing that as well. I mean, she was so talented and gifted. And charming. uh, That's the other part. She could have anybody eating out of the palm of her hand. So that combined with the massive talent, you can do anything you want. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, look at the fact that they literally had stranded the bus on the side of a deserted highway. And she's like, here, let me show you how the pros do it. (laughs) And she literally walks up to the side of the fucking road. And here comes the freaking gringos over to freaking hill and oh salinas and they get everything that they need and more and damage the dude's car and don't even have to freaking pay for it because they were helping out salinas anything for salinas Uh uh-huh yeah i mean i it just it really really sucks because I mean, you know, I guess only the good die young is a a phrase for a reason, but you know, it's just, and and back then people didn't understand, people didn't understand the level of obsessive nature that some people have with celebrities. It's the reason so Mm -hmm. many were stalked and killed and, 
you know, whatever. Now we have more understanding and there's better laws in place for like restraining orders and things like that. But also that this situation kind of boils down to Selena didn't want to see it. She trusted everybody. She loved everybody. People tried to tell her and she just didn't want to believe it because Yolanda was her friend. No. And I mean, I get it because that's one of the things that I've been accused of a lot in the past. Still kind of sort of to today, but not as much because of the fact that I've been metaphorically stabbed in the back so much, but I tend to give you a shirt off of my back 150,000 times before I'm willing to open my eyes and realize, Oh shit, you're taking advantage of me and I'm getting screwed in the long run. Right. Which in a lot of ways is what ended up biting Selena in the ass with Yolanda. Yeah. You know, her naivete was part of her charm and her appeal, but it was also, you know, part of her undoing. And that sucks. Well, not putting down other celebrities, but um, when you find a celebrity that breaks out into the world and into pop culture, and I'm kind of going to throw another name out there along the same lines because this person unfortunately was taken from us a year prior to Selena being taken from us. But um, for a lot of people, people like Selena or Kurt from a certain grunge rock band that was born literally right down the road from my house (laughs) Um, they're very relatable to people because they're maybe I don't they're unapologetically themselves exactly that was pretty much how I was trying to word it but I didn't want to word it incorrectly I mean Kurt obviously was not a product of the money making machine in the music industry yeah. I mean, oh, vulnerable. That might be the other word you were looking for too. They yeah. they were they were vulnerable in front of people, which is not something you get. No, and often. You and I grew up and both um have a healthy love and respect for Nirvana music. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're not going to shit all over his legacy, but I mean, even for the most part Kurt has said how many times in interviews that you and I have seen, he hated the fact that after Nevermind came out, that he got pigeonholed into um, being a mainstream celebrity. He didn't want to be a mainstream celebrity. He just wanted to make and create music and be left alone to do what he did. I mean, unfortunately, at the end of the day, he was left alone a little bit too much. And that's the reason why we don't have him anymore. But I mean, and we're not going down the road into conspiracy theories and all that when it comes to that story. But um, in a lot of ways, I mean, Selena was incredibly at the same time, also relatable in my, the way I see her coming up to as being incredibly relatable because she had that everyday 
she didn't come out of a middle class product where the family didn't start. The family struggled like there was no fucking tomorrow while the kids were being born and coming up and launching out into the music industry. Yeah. Unless I'm misunderstanding some aspect of the story that I very well could be. But at the same time, you know, she was approachable. I don't see them. Yeah. She, well, and you look, and again, this aspect of the movie, I don't know how accurate it was, but I've seen her on stage before dancing around with um, children that were fans on stage that found their way onto stage and like security would come up and like try and she's like, Oh no, leave them. And I mean, that's a genuine caring person does that. I mean, there's a lot of musical performers that be like, if you're a fan and you find your way on stage, Oh no, you've got 18 fucking security guards on top of you beating you into the fucking stage. And then they're shamefully dragging you off a stage and throwing you in jail for all that and you know it is what it is i mean technically you are trespassing but you know it is what it is well but those Uh, performances were also at like county fairs and stuff like that so i think it was a little bit easier you know you couldn't rush the stage you know at AT at&t stadium or you know whatever like it's just not gonna happen but she definitely like close to her fans her fans meant everything to her so with being close to the fans, I actually came up with another question. Okay. When it comes to the stage incident, quote unquote, you know which incident I'm referring to, right? The Mexico concert? Yeah. Yeah. What is more important if you are Abraham? Your daughter's safety or settling the crowd down? Well, first it's their safety. And actually, the movie downplayed how serious that situation was, which surprises me. Um, like, that really happened. That It was, like, a really scary situation as far as the stage collapsing and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want my kids off that stage immediately. But then it's like, are they, you know, crowd control is very important in situations like that. Because, I mean, obviously, as we've seen even up to recently mob mentality is fucking insane and so yeah it's like i think selena wouldn't have gone back out there if she didn't feel comfortable and they wouldn't have made her but at the same time when you've made a commitment not just to your fans but also you've signed a contract you've made a financial or time commitment you know there's so many things that play there because you don't want to get sued. You don't want to get trashed in the magazines. You don't want, you know, 70,000 fans to say, oh, Selena was scared of us or Selena, you know. So it's like, yeah, do you want to curl up in a ball and go hide because you're scared? Yeah, but you don't really have that luxury when you're in that position. So um, I actually have a comparison to throw out there that um, you may or may not remember this happening because. Um, you're not as much of a fan, but I'm sure Harvey and Dre will definitely remember where I'm going with this. But in 1999, there was an incident at a WWE pay-per-view where 
one of their wrestlers, Owen Hart, rest in peace, um, was supposed to make an entrance from the ceiling of the Kemper Arena in St. Louis. And he was supposed to rappel down from the ceiling. The harness broke and he fell however many feet to his death, smacked his head on the turnbuckle, head snapped back, all of that, died in the ring. And after said incident, Vince McMahon, I don't know exactly how it all played out, but I know he got a lot of hatred in the press because after all that went down, they still finished the pay-per-view and the show must go on. A lot of like what you were saying with like the Mexico incident with Selena, you had, when you have 20,000 people in an arena, not even necessarily like a huge ass freaking stadium, but we're talking about like a smaller arena where like 20,000 people is like a sellout crowd. Right. That had paid a lot of money for tickets to be at this event. And literally, I believe it was like the second match of the damn night was when the event happened. And now you have, if you cancel the rest of the show, you've got refunds that you have to make. You're going to have pissed off people. How are these people going to react while you're trying to clear the arena? What do you do? Do you, does the show, you know, do you pay honor to the fact that the show must go on? Or do you shut everything down and 86 at all? I mean, in I that sort of situation, see... I, I, well, see, no, I, like... feel, I feel differently about it in that situation because Selena was an upcoming literally... performer. WWE is a billion dollar industry. Yeah, they would have had to yeah. re refund people's tickets. They would have had to refund the pay-per-view. So people aren't going to stop watching wrestling if they cancel one. Like People are going to bitch about it, sure. But you know, Vince McMahon oh, yeah. isn't going to go down in flames because either way, you know what I mean? Like, I I get the comparison. Like, I get what you're saying. I think that, you know, in that situation, they definitely should have shut it down. I mean, how, the morality, how, how do you go the, on? The like, morality of the question is the same. Right, right. Where the legalities and realism of yeah. the issue, ultimately, at the end of the day, you're talking about a billion dollar publicly. I don't know if they were being publicly traded at the time, but it was right around the time that they were a publicly traded company. So obviously at the end of the day, there was enough money there that they wouldn't have freaking been put out of business if one show had gotten canceled. But, you know, it is what it is. Selena never wanted to let anybody down too. That's the other thing. Her, She realized oh. that her fans made her are a huge part of making her what she became. And so, you know, I I don't think yeah. Abraham would have ever made her do anything she didn't feel safe doing. You know, did he pressure and nudge and do whatever? But from all accounts, from every interview I've seen, from everything I've read, like, I, and I've read a lot. Um, and even Chris, who they treated like shit after Selena died, has said, you know, he loved Selena more than anything. So I think... Which is not to say more than her siblings, but just like his, no. his, his kids and especially, you know, Selena, both the person and the product, so to speak, were his life. Mm -hmm. And that he would have never put her in danger. So I don't, you know, it sucks. But I think, you know, ultimately you got to make sure everybody's safe first. But then, too, if you leave, a lot more people are going to get hurt. And I think they understood that. 
Yeah, and I'm not 100% clear on how big of a crowd there was at that concert either, but in the movie, it looked freaking huge. They said the amount of people, and I want to say it was maybe like 30,000. That's a lot of freaking people oh. for, at the time, somebody who wasn't really... for lack of a better term, mainstream. Yeah, yeah, that was her first time in Mexico. But two, it was her first time in Mexico, mm -hmm. so people had been waiting to, you know, see her in person. I can't well, remember, but us. I know that... Well, of us. Yeah, I know that the guys said the amount they were expecting and then the amount of people that actually showed up, and it was more than double. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. But, um, so, uh, next question I came up with was would you personally gamble with your potentially lucrative career to be with the man or woman of your dreams like Selena did with Chris? Absolutely. What is all of that if you don't have somebody to share it with? Whether it be a lover, a husband, a wife, or even girlfriend, a friend. Yeah, at the end of the day, you get to choose the people you want to have in your life. And all the success in the world doesn't mean anything if you don't have somebody outside your immediate family to share it with. And maybe not no. everybody feels that way, but that's how I feel. You know? No, I, I agree 100% because, well, you know, it's been over two years. So our loyal members of the dozens know the fact that you and I pretty much, for the most part, share the same brain. Right. <laughs> which... I mean, for the most part, we haven't disagreed on anything that we've talked about so far. I mean, I'll always choose we, love. We might so. hear with the next question, but uh -oh. <laughs> and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the next question is a very open-ended, multiple possible answer question. Okay. So, um, but no, I mean, like you said, though, at the end of the day, what would be the optimum way, especially to experience the success of having all your dreams come true? Do you want to do it alone? Right. Or with the man or woman of your dreams? I mean, ultimately, I would prefer to have an evening at the movies become incredibly successful and share it with the woman of my dreams. But, you know, it is what it is. Instead, I'll settle for sharing it with you. Ha ha. Whoops, I muted myself. Oh, did you mute me? Or did I mute my... Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Love... I didn't mute you. Especially young love is a very powerful force. And when you're that determined and that stubborn... Nobody's going to stop you from doing what you want. And Selena knew that, but she also knew her dad would forgive her. So for her, it was better to ask for forgiveness than permission. I mean, Abra mm -hmm. and Abraham's not breaking up that band. Let's be fucking honest. That, no, I, that's, that's his exactly cash cow. He's not breaking them up. Guma with that thought. Because yeah. ultimately, at the end of the day, um, Selena and what is Los, Los Dinos. Dinos, or however it's pronounced. If you take the Selena out of the equation, all you have is Los Dinos. And realistically, 
how successful like, are, are the Dinos without the Selena? Well, and how successful were the original Dinos, Abraham? I would have been like, bitch, I'm the talent. You do what I say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, um, the original version of Los Dinos was right. nothing. And ultimately, it took a man and a woman falling in love and laying down together and brown chicken, brown cow making a baby. <laughs> and pa-pow, Selena. And now we have pinhole on that. And we'll get to that here in just a second. I'm going to skip ahead to the next question. Okay. I want to say one thing real quick while we're talking about that. Not like a conversation, uh, but just it is mind-blowing to me that Constance Marie, who plays um, the mom, is only uh -huh. four years older than Jennifer Lopez in real life. I mean, they definitely made her made her look older and whatever, but mm -hmm. I remembered her from the George Lopez show when I saw Selena for the first time, and I was like, she's not old enough to be anybody's mom. <laughs> well, not Jennifer Lopez's mom, but... So, yeah, anyway, I just... That always... Well, yeah, because you got to remember... Makes me laugh. This movie came out probably... I don't remember the exact date, but I believe it came out like 97. Or, well, I remember the date for the movie, but I don't remember when the George Lopez show started. Oh, it was later than and that I, for sure. But oh, oh, definitely. I'm just thinking somewhere in the five to seven year. I didn't get around to seeing out. Selena for a while. So probably till like late in college or whatever. So, well, yeah, you just saw it for the first time. So literally, um, what? <laughs> 23 plus 28 years fucking later yeah. and I'm just getting around to seeing it so. which I am sorry for the fact that and we'll get to this when oh hey the final season of you's coming up next year um sorry Good. my tv's on that that show Netflix. needs to come to an end I love it but it needs to come to an end okay sorry next question um, coming soon on ooh psycho I need to turn the damn tv off because like the Netflix is. Like oh, I know. I saw Psychos on Netflix. Shit through. Yeah. Like my. Ooh, The Walking Dead. There. I seriously. Um, Back on track. Salinas. Uh, where, Salinas. Yes. I don't remember where I was going with this slot. But anyway, we'll skip ahead to my next question. And it actually has to do with the amazing soundtrack for this movie mm -hmm. so you get to pick one song from the soundtrack that you personally think perfectly encapsulates the essence of this whole story which one song are you picking oh well because i okay. personally think there's probably three or four that either of us could pick and we're only picking one if I were to pick one that I think it, it wouldn't necessarily be my favorite song, but it would be the one that I think wraps up her life, her story, the movie. I, I would say it's BD BD bump bump because the lyrics of the song are all about just being in love and being happy. And, you know, talking about like, She's basically talking about like the sound your heart makes when you're in love and it's like tiny little bubbles and that's what that means. And so I I think that song and she helped write it too, which, you know, I think is special. Um, Proof again, just how talented she was. Yeah. So 
that is not my favorite song of hers. Um, It's not the one I think shows her best range, but it is the one to me that most personifies who she was as a person. Okay. So I actually, Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb was one of the three or four songs that I thought potentially could come up as the answer to that question for one of the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I'm going to go with, and it kind of sort of goes along the same lines of Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb is um, Dreaming mm-hmm. for the pure fact that um, the song ultimately is about um, falling in love and dreaming about when you're not with the one you love, being yeah. with the one you love. But I also throw in the whole fact with that, that um, just the word alone, dreaming, en- encapsulates everything that, I mean, from there may have been struggles with convincing her to be a part of the band in the beginning, but ultimately at the end of the day, um, her, the rise and success of Selena was a dream that she had. And throughout the course of, you know, what? 15 ish years. Mm-hmm. She's achieving that dream and, you know, there's other aspects of her life that she's dreaming of having success in too. Fashion industry, um, falling in love with Chris, everything. But ultimately everything that she has dreamed of, she in some way, shape or form achieves a certain level of success at even you know, winning a Grammy and whether she did or did not properly thank everybody that means the world to her. She did not. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. Facts are facts, bro. (laughs) Well, no, because I don't, I did not see this and I did not know the damn story. But I remember when you and I first watched this movie together, you brought up the fact that um, somebody not naming any names, but a very significant person in her life did not get thanked in her Grammy acceptance speech. Yeah. She realized, but did get thanked in the movie acceptance speech. I mean, you can watch the actual speech on YouTube. I've watched it. Um, it was <laughs> really person. mostly about thanking her record people. And, you know, she has, she's her family <laughs> and the fans, but yeah, she forgot to thank her husband, but I'm sure it was an innocent mistake. You know, well, I can't I'm sure imagine. He got that night. Oh, I'm sh- yeah. I can't imagine being in that scenario where you don't think you're going to win and you do win and you're so young. I mean, she was like 22 and she's got a Grammy, like you know. Because that's the that's the point I was going to make too before we moved on to the next topic was okay. She was what 22 at the time that she won that award. I th- I think she was 22. She might have been 23, but it was right around that same time. Either way, she wasn't very young, or wasn't very young. She was very young. She was very young. And probably with the fact that she wasn't 
one of those egotistical self-serving celebrities mm -hmm. probably was not expecting to win that award and when whoever gave her the award in real life said and the winner is live by selena it was probably one of those moments where what did they just say did they say what i think she, they just said right. emotions and tears and oh my god i just fucking won a grammy in front of the whole freaking world yeah i mean i would hope it was the whole freaking world i mean i don't know if that's one of those presented in a off-camera whatever but I would, it probably yeah. is now, but it was. I don't think it was then. Because there's, I think there's more awards now, and they've made the shows longer. But, um, well, I mean, when you and I grew up, it literally was, you know, a handful of awards, and now you have each freaking genre of music has their own, and yeah, some of these genres have subgenres and all of that. I mean. I think that's a good thing, and, though. I'm not, I'm not complaining, but at the end of the day, it, it helps get more people the notoriety and recognition that they deserve, which ultimately at the end of the day is what that's all about. But, um, yeah, so my answer to the last question was definitely dreaming. Um, I also really loved um, I Could Fall in Love. Yeah. Which That's very beautiful. Was a very beautiful song. And in the show, you'll see like how many people like Diane Warren wrote a song that they were trying to get. Like like a lot of people mm -hmm. were you know presenting songs that and and I think Diane Warren's is one of the ones that was on the album, but I don't remember which one it was. Well, and Diane Warren is. One of the most prolific, yeah, she's an icon, <laughs> most recognizable um, songwriters of all time. Yeah. So, um, here comes an interesting question for you. Okay. Um, two questions left before we move on to the review. Okay. Which one actor besides Jennifer, Jennifer is off the table, do you think really stole the movie or truly nailed their part in the movie? Hmm. I mean, it's hard because if you're just basing it off the movie, it's hard to say John Cena because he didn't have as big of a role as he could have. Um, but I read his book to Selena with love. And when I hear more about their story, I feel like John Cena could have brought so much more of that to life. Um, if they had made more time for it in the movie. Um, I mean, that's Which, a lot of lifetime okay. to tell in two hours, so I get it, but. Well, and. I mean, not trying to put the family down by any stretch. The, John Cena is the one who played Chris in the movie. Right. I am correct. Right. Yeah. And again, not trying to put the family down, but. The movie is very Quintanilla yeah. family-based with, obviously, you can't cut Chris out of that story. He was a huge part of right. her life from the time they hired him, the time they fell in love, 
got married and their relationship at the end when um, Yolanda freaking wigged out. So you can't 100% cut him out, but I think I've seen enough of the net. I've seen, I haven't seen all of the Netflix series yet, but I'm working on it. And as much as I've seen of the Netflix series and as much as I've seen of the movie, I definitely feel like the movie was definitely more geared towards focusing on her family yeah. being her blood family. And where, that's fair. I mean, but I mean, it's basically her family's telling of the story to begin with. That's the way I always heard everything explained, whether it's accurate or not, it is what it is. But Abraham was an executive producer on yeah. the movie. So and executive producers are literally other than the studio, probably the only people with more power on the set than the director. So, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick somebody, you know, outside of because, again, I I don't think it's fair to say John Cena just because I don't think he got the amount of screen time he deserved. But also, he's so sexy. Um, I mean, I think you got to go. With he Edward probably could have done. Yeah. Well, and Cena probably could have done. I truly think if he had been given enough material, could have done a lot better job. Yeah. Because I mean, even so with the little bit of material. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot. I mean, even the little bit that he was given, he did great work with. But I think, and I know, and I know from some of the little bit of like behind the music and all the other stuff that mm -hmm. documentaries and stuff that they're, that are out there, that there's a lot more to the story than what we see in the movie. Um, and you get it in the series but, for sure. So, yeah, you definitely get a little bit more from what I've seen. You get more yeah, of all did. of that in the series. So, um, I'm looking forward to finishing the last season and a third of the series and yeah. putting all that together and coming up with my own opinion. But, um, I would probably agree with you the fact that. Um, Edward James almost was incredibly he was incredible with how he portrayed Abraham um, there was points in the movie where I literally wanted to reach through the TV and grab him by the throat and slap mm. the shit out of him <laughs> and then there's points in the movie where like I get where he's coming from like the whole idea of like him finding out on the bus that Chris and Selena are falling in love. And the fact that let's be honest at the end of the day, it's probably not a good idea for the lead piece of your band to be falling in love with a musician in the band, because if the relationship falls apart, yeah. What's that going to do to the freaking band at the end of the day? Never shit where you eat. But who, exactly. who actually listens to that rule? I mean, I haven't always listened to that piece of advice. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. But 
we won't go down that road. And that's personal stories. And we're talking about a movie. So, but I mean, he's he's harsh, but he's Edward not James wrong. Almost because no, he's not. He's not by any stretch of the imagination. But you have at to the look same at the table. Time, you know? At least he came around, and again, I don't know how accurate this was to reality, but um, at least after they ran away and eloped and got married, and um, literally the radio announced to the world that they were married before she could tell her family. And that's all true. Which I get because, again, that's all public record. And technically, the radio station did nothing wrong. No, somebody recognized them at the courthouse and told somebody, and that somebody told somebody, and then it was, you know. Yeah, and the right people got the information that they needed to get and ran with the damn story. Because let's be honest, at the end of the day, when it comes to breaking news, if you are not the first person to break a big news story, which at that time, that was a, I'm not going to say it was a earth shattering freaking news story because Selena was escalating at the time, but I still think she could have been so much more. But in the Hispanic music community, it was a big story. But definitely in that region of the country and that in the Latin music industry, that was a huge story. And the fact that literally the day after it happened to have a radio station literally announced to the world that, hey, up and coming Latin music sensation Selena is married to her, you know, guitarist from her band and blah, 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 blah. It's like, I get it. They don't necessarily know that the family is not in the know. But at the same time, it's like, seriously, you don't have to freaking wait literally 24 hours and be like, oh, yeah, by the way. (laughs) But I also get it, too. You know, it's, again, public record. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're not the first media outlet to break a news story, then, you know, you're basically last if you're not yeah. first you're last exactly thank steal you steal a line Ricky from ricky bobby. bobby so um i think i've got okay um one quick one and then the final question so okay. if not for a psychotic embezzling fan club president yolanda salazar how bright of a future do you feel like Selena had in front of her? And I feel like we've already kind of sort of addressed this. Yeah. But, um, I wanted to make sure we did not get away from that topic before. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there was no limit to her success. The only thing that I do question is whether the Dreaming of You album would have been as successful as it was if she had not passed away. I think it's a really good album um, and has, you know, the two big songs that we know. And mm-hmm. I, it's different from her Spanish songs. Um, I'd like to think it still would have been as big of a hit because 
again, she had so much talent, so much personality, so much excitement. Um, I mean, I think the options for her were limitless, kind of like I said earlier. She could have had her yeah. hand in anything. Yeah, and I pretty much 100% agree with you. Um, it sucks to have to have that thought percolating in the back of your head that um, how much of this notoriety that she has now and how much recognition that she has now is because of the fact that um, what happened at the end of her story. Um, I don't want to say that all of the recognition and all of that is solely because of how her story ended. But right. at the same time, you can't not have that thought in some way pop into the back of your head because I think there was, because I remember some news stories about her before she died. Now, once everything happened on March 31st, that totally changed. And there was right. all kinds of freaking news stories about her. And it sparked a lot of discussions about um, talent and all of that. And at the end of the day, I'm going to just throw this out there. And um, you can disagree with me or agree with me if you want. But I, with even as short of a career as she had, and the little bit of listening to her music that I've done, I'm willing to put that voice in probably one of my top five to ten voices that I've ever heard in my entire lifetime. Yeah. I say ten Super only powerful. because of the fact. Yeah. I, like I, Again, like I said. I'm saying 10 only because when you look at the fact that you literally got Whitney, Mariah, Celine, Aretha, there's four right there. And we haven't even gotten into some of the other voices yeah. that deserve to be up there as well. And Selena definitely deserves to be in that discussion. Yeah. That she had such an amazing talent vocally that again at the end of the day like i believe it was i said in our uh dm chat on facebook if yolanda ha doesn't end her life when she did and she's allowed to have a long fruitful years ahead of her um i'm willing to put a full paycheck on the fact that I believe Selena could have been as big, if not bigger than Gloria Estefan. Yeah. And for those of you that know, Gloria Estefan is one of the top Latin musicians of all time. Gloria Estefan in the Miami sound machine. Because the rhythm is going to get you, but get you. I think Selena could have been, I believe Selena could have even been better than yeah. um, even her. Yeah. So uh, last question of the discussion before we get to our reviews. Okay. Typical an evening at the movies discussion. In what way has this movie impacted your life personally 
from the time it was you first saw it to today? I mean, it it's changed for me as I've gotten older and ha- had kids of my own and all that, or a kid of my own. Um, I mean, it, it definitely... I, well, I will say it definitely is like one of those things where we always have to kind of go back to the morbid fact that people love tragic stories. And this one is told in such a way that it's like so heartbreaking. And even though... You know it happened in real life. It happened a long time ago. Every time I watch it, it still makes me cry because it's just like you want the ending to be so different. Um, You know, it definitely kind of shows you how important family is and love and, you know, all of that. I mean, I don't know. It's just it just touches your heart and it's, you know. I don't know. It no, just, it just I, sucks. It just, you never know what can happen. And it, it makes you think about how any day, you know, it, it definitely makes you think about your own mortality no, and, for sure. Yeah. And ultimately not to beat a dead horse, but I mean, literally my last six weeks have been that way for me. Yeah. And the fact that literally right before all of this happened was when I first saw the movie. So mm-hmm. I will throw the movie in with that and piggyback off of what you said. But literally, like, right there, that scar, for those of you who possibly are watching on YouTube or gnarly. listening, showing what's left yeah. of my scar from my surgery, my four surgeries in two weeks, um, ultimately at the end of the day, Um, that infection was so bad. One, it could have cost me my arm. Two, it could have cost me my my life. Uh So the fact that I still have my arm and I'm still here talking about movies for all the dozens. Yay! Woohoo! But yeah, definitely. And then literally, like, for those of you who I've talked to outside of podcasting, the day after I get out of the hospital to literally have my dad pass away. I mean, it's been a rough six weeks and just that stuff alone, but you couple that with like the movie too. And like Amanda said, at the end of the day, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You may feel fine right now. We feel fine talking, but God only knows what could tomorrow could bring for either of us, Mm. any of us. Uh, not just you and I, but I mean, anybody out there in the world, obviously there will be people who won't see, you know, April six, late in the day, April 16th, or they won't see April 17th. Jesus or, Christ, bro. <laughs> that got a little too morbid. <laughs> we hope everybody listening at, has not lost someone they love today. No, we don't. At, at the end of the day, that's, not what that was all about. No, but, I know. Yeah, I mean, you just don't but, know. I mean, at the end of the day, Dre can attest to the fact that Casey likes the dark. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, we all love and support all of our listeners. And we honest to God hope that you guys never have to go through any of that darkness at all. Because it's not fun. It's not easy. And on that note, Amanda, your thoughts on... I mean, obviously, we've kind of sort of yeah. talked about it through the discussion, but at the end of the day, it's review section time. 
So you get to pick your iconic reference and rate the movie out of five because that's what you do. Well, so I'm going to start with also adding to what we were just talking about, because I think one of the important lessons of the movie and Selena's life story is kind of asking yourself who you want to be, because there are people, and I would say uh, most of my life, I have been a person like Selena in that I have tried to be optimistic, see the good in people, trust people, always give people extra chances no matter how many times I've been hurt and you know, it, it begs the question, do you start letting yourself get jaded? Do you put up a wall? Do you, you know, if she had listened to her dad, would she still be here? If she had listened to anybody in her family and not, you know, you know, when she went to meet Yolanda that day, Chris wanted to go with her and she said, no, like, it's just, so it's like, but at the end of the day, who do you want to be? And if I were Selena and being that kind of person, I would still want to be that person. Well, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, if Chris had gone with her that day to the hotel, would both of them have walked out of there 100% fine? Would it have been him instead of her? Well, I don't even know that he would have let Selena go up there, you know? But it's just, you know, like, at the end of the day do you change who you are? Do you let things that happen make you jaded? And I would like to, you know, I've said this in just like many conversations, the past maybe six years, just the way our country has gone has really made me question my faith in people. And that's not to get into Mm -hmm. that topic, but just like, I've always been kind of like the person who wants to see the good in everybody. And even if it meant that I died tomorrow, I would still want to be that person. I don't want to, you know, because there's so many what ifs in her story. And and a lot of it boils down to naivete and being trusting. And But that's who she was. And she wasn't going to change mm-hmm. how she felt about people, you know. And so I think that that was kind of the question I asked myself with that movie is, damn, you know, you want to have a good head on your shoulders, but. But if she had quit being so trusting, would she have been the person ultimately that she was right at the end of the day? And you always have pop up in the back of your head, but you know, I don't think anybody thought Yolanda was dangerous. Honestly, it's back to the future part two all over again. Yeah. Just because, you know, you steal or you buy gray sports almanac, and take it. Yeah. Somebody takes it back to themselves, you know, what, 70, 65 years into the past, whatever the total year gap was. Yeah. But, and then gives it to them and all of that. You know, if they use it, ultimately it's going to alter your present that you came from being 1985. And when you return to 1985, it's, not going to be the same 1985 that you were, right. you know, at the end of the day, altering just that much of the time space or space time continuum <laughs> drastically could change a whole lot of the story. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's no secret that I love this movie. I, Selena's story is so 
beautiful and yes, tragic, but I think that everybody in the movie did a really great job. You know, my only complaint is that there was a lot of stuff left out, but again, you know, when you're working with two hours, a little over two hours, you do what you have to do. So I'm not, I'm not going to use that as a criticism of the movie. It's just something personally to me. I wish I could have seen more, but luckily we get that with the series. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, Anytime I need a good cry or even just to have it on in the background or anytime I want to, although I have Selena's greatest hits on vinyl, but if I want to listen to her music, um, yeah, I, I can watch it over and over. So I would definitely, and from a technical and like objective movie review standpoint, I wouldn't give it this rating. I'm giving it my personal how I feel about the movie rating. Um, So this isn't objective, but I would definitely give it five out of five sparkly bustiers. It's a a bra. It's a bra. She's wearing a bra. (laughs) (laughs) The way he says it, that was a good impression. (laughs) He's so freaking I it's mean, a bra with little sprinkly things on it. <laughs> wow. I, literally, was I was good. struggling to come up with a reference point to use. And damn it, you came up with one better than mine. Um, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, this is an amazing Yeah, movie. that was funny. And it's a bra. <laughs> I mean, Oh my god, that's a, such an amazing way to start <laughs> off because that literally was like 15 minutes into the fucking movie. And literally and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but uh, that was I funny. mean the way he freaking says that fucking yeah. line when he perfect. looks up from off stage and sees her dancing around in a bra. <laughs> I mean it's so. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say that if I was, if that was my daughter, I probably would have a shit fit as well. Yeah. I mean, because that's the last thing I want my daughter to be looked at, like in front of other, for lack of a better term, horny men. There are men out here. But. Uh, yeah. There are men out here. That's a brat. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's a great. This is a great, great movie. And again, sorry that I waited 28 years to watch this movie because this is one of those movies that should have been seen a long time ago. And yeah, truth be told, if back in February we hadn't thrown out the idea of biopic month, which not very many biopics got done in March and April, like we were supposed to do at the end of the day this is probably the one and only there might be another one coming up but um this is probably one of the only at least that will get done and again i'm sorry for that but life happens and we move on and we may decide to do more biopics later and the year and bring up some of the other stuff that we had planned on talking about. But 
for my review or my rating of the movie, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 4.5 Sky's the Limit Dreams out of five. Only because I couldn't come up with it. And I wanted to throw dreaming back in there in some way, shape or form. Because like I said, ultimately in the way I saw the movie, that was the main central focus theme that I pulled out of this movie. So, and ultimately at the end of the day, I think you and I will both agree that especially in her teens and early twenties, the sky was the limit for her. She had so much ahead of her and could have been so much more. And to have it all brutally ripped away from us by psychotic psycho embezzling bitch get fucked yolanda eat a bag of dicks every day for the rest of your miserable life speaking of which um there i actually saw recently there is a new spill your guts or fill your guts segment on Uh youtube with hugh grant and chris pine from the new dungeons and dragons movie Nice. And it's probably one of the last ones that James Corden will do since literally he's only like weeks away from wrapping up his final episode of the late, late show. Yeah. But I love those fill your guts, fill your guts because some of the dumbest, most personal questions that you know are never going to get answered are always asked. And then ultimately they end up having to eat a bull's penis or drink bird saliva or you know a wealth of other things and i would like to figure out a way to incorporate spill your guts or fill your guts into and i did not make these rankings podcast network i mean it's truth or dare so i'd say well basically i dare you to freaking answer this question and if you don't give me the truth you're gonna have to freaking eat what's in front of you so you know what i i'd like to see chris pratt only get the spill your guts option because he has some explaining to do well chris pine well I think it was actually Chris Pine. I think I misspoke. But Oh, yeah. It is Chris Pine. You're right. Okay. Okay. But Either yeah, way. Chris Pratt, right. you got some explaining to do, fool. Anyway. A lot of celebrities have a lot of explaining to do. I mean, a new Guardians so. movie is coming out, so maybe we can get him then. Yeah. All right. I'm <laughs> looking forward to that coming up. But with that said, um, really quick, do you have anything coming up on the SIP list that you want to let the dozens know about? Sure. Um so by the time this airs, we will have just released top five mob movies with my cousin Matthew. So tune into that. Um, we it, it got it got interesting. I for one did not stick with just the serious like you know horse in the bed, horse head in the bed. I I went out on a limb with some of mine. So it was a good episode. We had some good discussions, and then. I don't know what's coming up yet. I need to record a sip list this week and I have a couple of topics in mind, but I just haven't talked to anybody yet. So <laughs> I was just like mm-hmm. talking to you, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, let me know. And at the end of the day, we can always pull one out of thin air and yeah. Or do I could, a recording. I could finally drop that lost Batman episode. <laughs> it's probably what I should do. Yeah, yeah. But then Cole will have nothing to be pissed off with you over. He could always find something. Have you met him? Oh, you know good and hell well he will because yeah. that's just who Papa Palpatine is. But, remember that time in high school when you looked at me sideways? Yeah. Remember that time when 
a year and a half ago, we recorded an episode on our favorite Batman, and you still haven't fucking released it yet? Hey, it's not even been a year yet. Nobody's rapidly approaching the fucking year. It is. (laughs) If we don't get on that, literally, like, a year will be coming up before you fucking know it. So, so, um, with that said, uh, an evening at the movies. Um, Other than the fact right now that I know... I'm going to try my best to stick to the previously planned schedule for May, which will be um, Wizard of Oz, Oz the Great and Powerful, Return to Oz, and The Wiz in May to pay tribute to the fact that the wonderful Wizard of Oz is turning 123 years old this year. Wow. Um, I do know for 100% that as many of those as she wants to be a part of, Jackie will be a part of. Um, obviously, Amanda's welcome to be a part of as, as many of those as she wants to be as co-host. She can literally the day of recording pop in and say, hey, guess what? And she's a it's part me, of the recording. Mario. It's a me, Queenie. <laughs> and um, I know I did invite Dre to be, surprise, surprise, guest on the Wiz episode. Yeah. And guess what his response was? You bet your fucking ass I'll be there. All right. So definitely Dre will be a part of the Wiz episode. Again, Jackie and Amanda are welcome to be a part of all four. Any combination of the four. One, two, three, whatever. I don't It is what it is. The more the merrier. And I enjoy having people talk to instead of talking to myself for episodes anyway yeah so that's coming up and then as well we've got summer coming up and we will figure out what we're going to do this summer um again probably not going to do what we did last summer with but i know what you did last summer again it's a movie we (laughs) haven't talked about but should talk about there's a whole Uh, lot we will be soon trivia Oh, yeah. Again, well, a lot of the movies that Shanna put on that round three stuff, we haven't talked about on an evening at the movies, which we do have Halloween Horror Fest coming up in a few months, too. So can't wait. Not saying I'm looking to plan out that far in advance, but Amanda knows that's a bullshit statement because Uh who's the one who's anal about about it? We can talk about it, but I'm not booking out that far. (laughs) I need to worry about getting through the rest of April and May. And I do have a birthday episode for Papa Palpatine coming up at the end of May as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Again, as always, we love the dozens and thank you guys so much for being patient with me and giving me the time to get back to as close to 100% as I could be at this current moment. Um, I'm going to keep working at it and, trying to get even closer to hundred percent. But at the end of the day, um, it is what it is. And I will keep working and getting healthier and healthier. Um, again, as always, thank you guys for being here. I love each and every one of you guys for being here and supporting the show and showing all the love that you have for the SIP list and the rest of the network. Um, thank you again for to Amanda for her support while I was out. Um, 
Kendra for her messages and her get well card that she sent me while I was in the hospital. She's so sweet. Um, Harvey for his messages, Dre for your messages and support as well. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love you guys. You guys are like family and I'm literally trying to not do what Dre did last night on the 200th episode and have the lights in my eyes, but it's not working very well. So I'm going to turn the microphone over to him to Amanda and let Amanda send us home with our wrap up. It's line. a bra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like they, I literally that about got to be a soundbite. The freaking it's a bra. Okay, I gotta pee my pants because I have to pee. You need to go watch it just for that line alone. It's literally. Like 15 minutes into the movie, go watch I'll never be able to watch it again without hearing it like that. <laughs> oh my god, okay, wrap up the episode. Okay, and uh, thanks everybody go. for listening, and uh, we hope you all come back for an evening at the movies. Goodbye, peace and hair grease. And one last time before we go, Harvey, I got stale popcorn in my hand. It's a bra. It's a bra! <laughs>